Evening, everyone. Welcome to GCP Retro. Once again, it's WCW 2000 time. And we've got the one and only Mr. Wilson. Hello again. Hi, yeah, another fantastic trip into World of WCW 2000. What a treat. Not long left of this, thank God. Yeah, thankfully, yeah. We're near the end. Unless we extend it on until the death of WCW, then we've got another six months of this. We shall see, mate. Um, <laughs> I, I believe from um, your Instagram that you was at uh, Franz Ferdinand the other week. I was indeed, yeah, yeah. I, 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 at a Victoria Warehouse last Wednesday. Um, drink prices are still fucking terrible there. For four quid for a pint of Coke, but there you go. O2 Academy venue for you. But if that's my actual first proper gig at the warehouse, I mean, I, I'm a veteran of three wrestling shows, I've never done a gig. Nice sounding there, to be fair. Well, not according to a report on the Manchester Evening News website tonight of uh, people complaining about their time at the Paolo Nutini gig. Said it was <laughs> like a death trap. Like a what? Death trap? Death trap and uh, fights breaking out at the bar during a Paolo Nutini gig. Paolo Nutini gig and the fights are breaking out. That is incredible. No, it, it all seemed pretty sure Franz Fernand, in all fairness. Although, saying that, uh, speaking of death traps, I don't know where my Apple Maps app really tried to take me, but it ended up down the canal at one point. So um, I'm looking to be here today, quite frankly. Amen. Amen to in, that. in the dark as well. Fuck me. Uh, was it the dark of the matinee? <laughs> did, they try, did someone try to take you out? They did, yes. I could help. Did they have any other songs apart from that? They did, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Do you want to move on? I, I do want to move on. Do, 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 do. do. <laughs> I remember Dark of the Matinee. It took me um, a whole day at work on the dial up internet to download that song via Napster. Excellent. That is old school and really aging yourself. It I, does, yeah. Yeah. It was a bit of a special place in my heart because they were the first band that basically told me it was okay to like bands that weren't American new metal angry sort of bands, in all fairness. So, it's so because of them, I had a bit of a more indie phase at college, shall we say. Nice. So we were actually talking today at work about um, fashion of the time in the mid-2000s and, uh, you know, all them, like, uh, t- them, like, like like coloured collared shirts with like a pinstripe down the middle and uh, oh yeah yeah I remember them yeah and t shirts with the free buttons at the top yeah, yeah. Uh, and and deep V neck t shirts as well where you had to look, you had like Tom Jones's chest hair and oh yeah yeah. Not that I followed the fashions. I, I spent all college basically wearing the same um, Limbiscuit t shirt and uh, black joggers. Every single day uh, that I was at college, basically. Right. I should have bought more clothes, really. <laughs> I, I used all my, I used all my EMA money to buy like uh, Franz Fernand's album, ironically enough. So you know, couldn't afford clothes. And I washed myself with a rag on a stick. <laughs> yucky yucky. <laughs> um, so yeah, shall we? Shall we get into this abomination of telly? God, honestly, Chris, 
this I think there must have been about 16 episodes during this uh, run of TV. It's a long run from September 18, 2000 to nearly touching November. Yeah, uh, Halloween Havoc 2000 is uh, October 29th. So it's literally six, we- six weeks worth of TV here, about what, 13, uh, 12 or 14 episodes. It's a, yeah. I can know, it's a long, long stint. And interestingly enough, I believe this is about the time where we finally get a regime change in terms of who's writing it as well. Well, let me tell you something, brother, brother. Um, mm. It's noticeable. You can tell yep. that Vince Russo has left the company. Mm. But we shall get yeah, into I believe that. he. Go on, Chris. You you broke up there. No, um, it, no. I was going to say, in all fairness, there's like one big angle that Russo is involved with. Two big angles, actually. Now I think about it, I and mean, but then he's signed up on sick because he's got loads of concussions from trying to get involved in wrestling matches. Mm. Well, uh, I will. I will say that. My TV run-through started all right, where I was actually watching the episodes, and then it got to about two days before we were actually recording this, and like, shit, I've still got six episodes to watch. I better pick and choose the best bits of this show. So, yeah, yeah. it's a bit cobbled to do. So, it is slightly. So, uh, hey, I've, well, I've not had a chance to watch much TV this year anyway, but um, I've, I've done this all from memory again because I've literally watched the final matches about five minutes before we started recording uh, tonight because I've been uh, just quite busy again. It, no problem. Enough, we, we just have to get the excuses out of the way first uh, for yeah, yeah. our lovely listeners. Well, and funny enough, though, I am quite familiar with this era of WCW specifically this month. Because uh, back in the day on um, Extreme Warfare Battleground, the old DWB, um, yeah. uh, if you, were you ever familiar with the place? I wasn't, no. No. So uh, for people that don't know, it was basically a, a forum, but not the official one, to supplement the old Extreme Warfare Revenge uh, games. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But, but basically think Football Manager, but way cooler. At me, bro. Um, it's, um, and in one section, there was a place called the Diary Dome, where you could basically write out um, your booking and like actually like do like full flown descriptions. Or basically, I like, just basically write your TV shows mm. and put me there. So in 2006, um, myself and another guy called Idol on the board, uh, Josh, in in real life. Uh, Team together to do a diary based on WCW 2000, starting out the Halloween Havoc 2000 pay per view. So I basically spent the whole of summer 2006 reading everything and trying to watch everything I could about this era to try and get it as accurate as possible. If that's a thing for me, I didn't want to like, because like in these diaries, people go, oh, and here's AJ Styles. Now I've got like these matches rated five stars and all that. I wanted this diary to be, you know, completely pinpoint accurate what would actually happen if it just went off uh, a slightly off kilter. And, and yeah, I mean, it, it was to a great success as uh, we were both, uh, as the diary was bo- voted for second best diary of that entire year. Ooh. Uh, uh, yeah, we lose that to a diary, um, TNA in 2006, but what if Paul Heyman was booking it? Yes, really. 
Um, well, that was a possibility, weren't it? It, it came up for Heyman one. It was heavily rumoured in 2010 when the wheels started falling off yeah. on the, the Bischoff-Hogan era yeah. that, um, that Dixon Carter wanted to sign Paul Heyman. But Heyman, I don't think he was really interested in it, but he turned and said, I want to book it like old ECW, which was basically scrap all the old guys, anyone above 40, apart from Kurt Angle, I think was over 40. Yeah. And I'll build it around that. But Dixie then turned around to look at you know, Bischoff, Hogan, Nash and people like that and said, nah, no, you're all right, and walked, and, you know, that deal sort of fell apart. Well, what could have been for old uh, TNA there? So, um, mm. with this, uh, let's let's get into um, September 18, 2000, uh, the night after uh, Fall Brawl, which was the restart yep. of the new uh, Natural Bone Fillers versus the Filthy Animals match. So it was four natural born fillers versus Rey Mysterio and Tigress. Yeah, I teased this last month. So I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts on this one. Yeah, so it ends up with um, the last two in the ring was Tigress versus uh, above average Mike Sanders. Yeah. <laughs> Tigress gets three of the pinfalls um, and then the uh, stuff buster and Tigress pins Sanders crowd loved it, but the natural mm. fillers all look like shit. But I will they say, this is, the best, this is the best that Tigress looked. Yeah, yeah. It, it, <laughs> God, it was one of those like classic Vince Russo bookings. Whether or not this was the intended finish, or if it was like the old story of someone suggesting, well, why doesn't David Arquette win the title? If someone like called him overnight and went, well, what if Tigress w- wins this match instead? Uh, yeah, well, way to put over you basically your next generation of guys getting pinned by Tigress because Tigress pins was it Stacey at Palumbo and Sanders? Stacey at Palumbo and uh, I think O'Hare as well. The pin O'Hare? Yeah. Jesus, fucking hell. Pins a lot of them. Yep, they're dead. <laughs> RIP. That's why she's just tag team champions as well. Yeah, that's right. Russo. Vince Russo strikes again. Vince Russo's last stand. So, um, next up we have Goldberg out, out to the ring. Um, get Goldberg's sucks chance as we're in, still in Canada. Oh, yeah, yeah, we are. Oh, dear. So, um, in the back, Vince Russo sets up Jarrett and Steiner versus Nash and Russo for later in the show. Mm. Or it, there's a lot of to and fro in here where it might not actually take place. Yep. Um, <laughs> well, so um, with, with this, um, Russo basically says he wants to be one step nearer to winning the world title in Long Island next week. So I think it's whoever gets the pin yep. gets, gets the title shot next week against um, Booker T. That's right, yes, yes it is. Um, Scott, Hudson's, Scott Hudson's back on commentary after his time away. So we have uh, in the ring, M.I. Smooth, with um, many people in the crowd saying, who the fucking hell are you? <laughs> um, he offers David Flair info about um, who the father is. Supposedly the kid cam got the footage. So Flair attacks Smooth and runs off with the tape. Yep, that's a sentence. 
Someone needs to be said, really, I think. <laughs> no further notes. Yeah, and I think this is probably the last sighting of M.I. Smooth. No, I think he does come back later on. Um, this is, again, my extensive through his 2000-2001 knowledge. He becomes... Um, I think he uh, gets back aligned with the Cats towards the end of the run, especially in his feud against Canyon. Right. Mm. It's sad I very know that. I can't remember basic things in my life, but I remember the fate of M.I. Smooth. Does he become M.I. M. I. Silky or something? <laughs> that would have been his name if he was in uh, M.I.A. Uh, Sting and Booker T for the WCW title. Sting has it won, but Jeff Jarrett interferes to cause the DQ. Brawl ensues and ends with Jarrett walloping Sting with the uh, guitar. I tell you what, I like writing down the word wallop. It's a oh, satisfying what? word. Yeah. Every time a Jeff Jarrett match occurs, there's at least two or three wallops in there. Yeah. I know, um, obviously, it builds up towards it sets up this match we're going to talk about later on, but why did Jeff Jarrett get involved and hit Sting? Um, it's a bit contrived. Yeah. He, he just decides, oh, I'm going to feud with Sting now. Because I, uh, I think Sting's friends with Booker T. Right. I mean, to be fair, and Sting's just going, as long as I'm not feuding with Vampiro, fucking hell, let's feud forever instead. So, lo and behold, during this month of TV, there are zero Vampiro versus Sting matches. Oh, thank God, it is the end. <sighs> what a relief. We got there, Chris. We got there in the end. We're bearing many scars now, but we got there. So Vince Russo pays for Chronic to face Steiner and Jarrett. The same, the same Chronic who were like the massive babyface tag team. For now. So here we go. Um, and what's it? I noticed this on the, you know, their name tag. The actual Chronic K at the end is inverted. Yeah. Oh way. yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's again a very early two thousand thing. Backwards K's. So um, it's actually not Jarrett and Steiner who come out. It's Nash and the all of the natural born thrillers. Um, Kevin Nash is like their coach slash mentor. So it's like AEW 20 years before its time. Yeah. Uh, but this only ends up distracting Chronic as Jeff Jarrett and Scott Steiner attack Chronic from behind and pin him in a minute. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Kills cuts chronic's um, legs and that's, as well. That's chronic's chronic dead as well. I mean, at least we're not in a position again to I don't know main event a pay-per-view anytime soon. <laughs> Fuck me. What is going on with this? So basically the tag division has been killed in the space of half an hour. Your natural born thrillers, all all four of them got beat, and chronic yeah. have been battered. Yep. Yeah. Your actual main eventers for this paper you're going to talk about are losing here in a minute. Um, so we, we have the Insane Clown Posse defacing Mike Horson's love bus. <laughs> um, Russo wants Sting as his partner tonight versus Jarrett and Steiner. Oh, jeez. Is this going to turn into a massive swerve again? Well. I mean, Sting accepts, doesn't he? Well, he yep. does in some sort of way. Um, 
We have a hardcore match now. Vampiro's opponents of choice for this month. Mike Awesome. Now, I will. this is probably Vampiro's best match in months. Crowd are into it. And it ends with an awesome bomb um, to Vampiro through a table on the outside. For, yeah. for a change, it's not Mike Awesome going through a table. It's an incredible turnaround, isn't it? Good stuff. Good good match, this one. Yeah, I, I seem to remember this one back in the day. This is actually quite above average for, for Vampiro, so kudos, kudos to him. But, but when we get into the pay-per-view match, oh, no. Mm. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. This was the better of the two. Let's just say that. Oh, yes. Um, so we have Jeff Jarrett and Steiner versus Scott Steiner versus Vince Russo and Sting to face Booker T next week for the title. Oh, no. Vince Russo hasn't come out. His replacement no, no now is Booker T. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this was a sort of weird trope back in this era of WCW in that it feels like every single week, Steiner, Jarrett, Sting, Booker, no, those four wrestled twice every week on Nitro. Yeah. I mean, I, I know they're really short matches, rather exerting themselves, but this seems to recur quite a lot on the Nitros, certainly the next month or so, where they both wrestled twice, because basically that is the main event scene now, there's nothing left. And maybe Kevin Nash in there. Uh, yeah, but I'd say there's a few times where Nash wrestled twice before uh, he's gone into his natural form for a coach role uh, coming up. So, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's basically sitting on his ass, not doing much. And to be fair, all the much more respect for him. So As a working man now, I totally get it. Yeah, yeah. So an injured Russo appears and um, hands a book of the bat to hit Steiner. Then Booker sticks Russo on top of Steiner to get the pin. So next week for the title in Long Island, New York, it's Booker T, champion versus Vince Russo with a 9-0 record. He's never been pinned. <laughs> I mean, we know where this is going, don't we? Bro. <laughs> Anybody can beat anyone on the day, bro. Yeah, and Russo's already thinking, well, I'm going to piss off soon anyway. Might as well win the title while I'm at it. Eee, dear. Um, so, um, September 20th, 2000, Thunder. Russo is having a tune-up match versus the masked heel <laughs> who comes out to the, um, the tune. I think it's Leave It to Beaver. You know what Beaver Cleavage came out? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So yeah, um, sort of, um effective sort of do 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 sort of thing. Yeah. Do do great muter music as well. Uh, <laughs> I said um mast heel looks like um a hench member of the IRA. Uh, but he ends up <laughs> to Jerry Adams. Wow. <laughs> What's Martin McGuinness doing in the WCW? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's actually Stevie Ray. So on a show, we have Stevie Ray versus Vince Russo, which mm -hmm. ends in a no contest. Well, Russo can't do the job here, can he? Got to keep him strong for that match on Monday. Oh, God. Um, 
Next up, Tory Wilson versus Charmel. Uh, put shite as a, a distraction from franchise goals wrong, and uh, Charmel wins. Yeah. After the match, Shane Douglas hits the franchiser on Paisley. Now, I think we commented last time this hurts probably more uh, Shane Douglas's ass than it does um, this move, Yeah, this move's was shit, and I'm pretty sure he dropped it quite quickly. There's a reason why. I mean, to be fair, uh, we will get into it, but uh, the move gets really exposed on the pay-per-view. Oh, yes. Mm. So... If you didn't want one Stevie Ray match, now we have two Stevie Ray matches. Fucking hell. Stevie Ray faces Chronic in a handicap match. Uh, which ends with Chronic hitting the eye time on Stevie to win the match. They decided against doing it on a chair, though, and then get um, their ears um, burnt by um, Russo in the back after. I mean, you've got to keep Chronic strong. And, you know, we may have got pinned on one day, but got a pay-per-view main event to think about. Mike Tanay's interview with Stacey Keebler now. Now, I sent you a copy of this interview, Chris. Did you watch it? I did watch it, yeah. Um, so this is like sort of like what they've been doing with me and Gene recently as well. It's just like, oh, Tanay's a bit boring, isn't he? Let's have him... Have a slight gimmick change. He's like a lot more sarcastic. He's a lot more antagonistic now. And he basically goes around accusing Miss Hancock of, of being like a top shagger and all that lot. And yeah, it, it's it's a very um, it, yeah, it, it's a very interesting interview to say the least. Yeah. So um, today basically calls Stacy a slag, and yeah. if he wasn't married, he'd he'd have a go. Mike asks Stacey <laughs> Tanae calls her fat and says she won't be in the swimsuit competition. Tanae makes her cry. What a twat again. It's basically fucking Vince Russo's um, opinion of women again, isn't it? Yep. He definitely doesn't have a problem with women that I should probably talk to a counsellor about. Definitely not. Nope. It's it's awful to watch, isn't it? Yeah, I, it is. Twenty twenty two. I was like, "How the fuck did they get away with this?" Well, m- massive differences in sexual politics at the very least. Even in two thousand, believe it or not, we sort of think, you know, this is like the sort of attitude of like fifties and sixties and seventies. But no, it, it was pretty prevalent even when we were growing up. I mean, hence so the attitude towards women in the attitude era. Mm. Everyone getting their top off, you know. I don't think they actually wanted to do that. It's just the uh, the, the way they were written by horny middle-aged men. Or oh, as uh, Bruce Pritchard would always say, "Wow, chocolate titties," on his uh, on his podcast when going on about Jacqueline. That was what. That's the sort of person. Oh, he was do, oh, did he really say that? He did. Okay, now. Add it to the evidence for the lawsuit from Vince McMahon. Um, mm. Vince Russo announcing that him and Booker T will be a caged heat match. Well, we've got to get used to that fucking cage again, don't we? <laughs> or at least it's not for sex dungeon. At least it's not that. He, he probably didn't fancy Booker in handcuffs. Mm. Nah, probably not. September 25th Nitro now, as we have Johnny the Bull 
versus Big Vito in a stick ball versus Kendo stick. I quit match with Maria with Vito's sister Maria at ringside, um, who eventually gets involved into the finish and um, and forces Vito to quit after Reno gets involved in um, in smacking Vito with a stick. Uh, Maria, the sister, was nowhere to be seen ever again after this. No. Uh, after this showing, sounds about right. I mean, it's... Oh, sorry. No, no. It, I was just going to say. I mean, it's uh, it's only for Mama Luke's splitting up. You don't need to do anything to elaborate. But there you go, Vince Russo again. Let's make a family drama. That'll put butts in seats. And you know what? I thought. I thought the thing is, they split up months ago. <laughs> they did, yeah. I think Johnny the Bully. Oh, he broke was trying to like, a great, great. Well, he did break his ass, didn't he? That was funny. No, it was like uh, they teased it months ago with um, Great American Bash with a face chronic, and v- Vito was too busy shining up the belt to break up a pinfall and all that lot. So, yeah, this, this one's all... been going on for quite a while, to be fair. It's yeah, one it's of the, feud the, the feud over the hardcore title, weren't it? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So um, next up, we have a tag team battle royal and an appearance by Kimona Wanalea, Liam Liam Meow. Mm. Um, yeah. So the vacant tag titles on the line here, due to um, I think Disco had a match with Ernest the Cat Miller, and if he lost, um, he'd lose the tag titles for the FIFA. Oh film. yeah, that's right. This is yeah, how yeah. he gets booty out of the filthy animals. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Which I think was the whole swerve anyway. You meant to do that, blah, 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 whatever. But yeah, yeah, this, this is a weird way to get the belts off filthy animals. So, um, Chronic uh, basically eliminate everyone, even though they are barred from the match, <laughs> which leaves the natural born thrillers and the filthy animals left. Natural born thrillers, Jim Jack and O'Hare, eliminate Rey Mysterio to become the new tag team champions. It's not the worst call to put it on them, but then again, I'm just thinking to last Monday when we all dropped to Tigress. So, you know. Makes no sense. Well, Vince Russo's mind is like, oh, you know how we we legitimise them again? We put the belts on them because the belts are props, bro. Bro. Um, the ICP now. Mm. This is Mike Awesome in a hardcore handicap match. A, a, a favourite staple of Intruso was the handicap match. He liked it a lot, didn't he? His other famous staple is the insane clown posse. Yeah, back, he, back he, wrestling he, once again. He, he just he probably seemed to like like why try try bury one wrestler when you can bury two. Absolutely, yeah. And this is uh, one of my favourite matches of his era because it involves the famous. Um, um, fuck up at the end on yeah, top so, of the school bus. Yeah, so uh, Mike Awesome, Awesome Bombs, um, uh, Shaggy Two Dope, who, who slides off the top of the bus like Stuart McCall on that car. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I love I, what did they think was going to happen? It's the top of the bus is like oval shaped, it's a shiny bus, there's literally no friction on top of there. And even if you powerbombed someone in a straight line, which Mike Awesome didn't, where do you think he was going to go? 
all the way down to the bottom. Yeah, and like awesome even tries to catch him, like thinking, you know, what 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 is awesome going to do? Like with a single hand, like keep him all pulled up. If if he catched Shaggy Tudo, awesome would have gone over that bus with him. Yeah. In a way, I wish that would have happened just for the sheer hilarity of it. As long as no one got seriously hurt, obviously. I'm not bloody mean like that, but it would have been funny. WCW Women's Swimwear Competition, judged yeah. by Howard Stern's Quack Pack. So um, let's go through the entrance now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the entrance were Che from the Nitro Girls, who I thought, two cowboy hats. Uh, <laughs> um, Chiquita, who have a Chiquita, where well, I think she was another. Uh, she was another Nitro girl. I think it was like latter day Nitro girl when we didn't even show them on TV anymore. Mm. Tori Wilson, three cowboy hats. <laughs> um, Tigress, Paisley, Liam Meow, Liam Meow. I, I forgot how we got that wrong again. Major <laughs> Guns and um, Pamela Paul Shop. Want... So she was like hosting it, yeah. but eventually she just got a, 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 a wangers out. Um, I did put in brackets, Christ Almighty, all the cowboy hats. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they were a massive pair, weren't they? Mm. Uh, but the, I... um, the the Howard Stern quack pack, what can you remember of them? The um, angry drunk dwarf? Mm. Beetlejuice. Oh, yeah, because Beetlejuice takes a guitar at one point, doesn't he? He um, does, yeah. This yeah. is on the episode. I keep, um, this is probably sacrilege in some circles, but I keep misremembering them for the bloody ones that that man cow had as well. Mm, it was yeah. a thing. Bloody, a, a big loudmouth radio, mocha radio DJ who had a bunch of misfits as his sidekicks. It was a thing. It, I, I think it's just one of those purely American things that doesn't translate well into other cultures, I don't think. A bit like late-night TV talk shows. So um, after, the, after the swimsuit competition and Pamela wins, Pamela gets whipped on the tits by Leia... And then Medeja somehow wanders into the ring, gets involved and slams Leia awkwardly. She just, she just like looks at her and just like, boom. Mm. That's it. Ends up in a cat fight between the two. The weakest cat fight you'll ever see. I mean, yeah, at least, you know, Vince Russo had something to refer to later on that night when he was alone in his hotel room, bored and horny. So, yeah. There you it, go. Yeah, it, it was a Vin, Vince Russo wet dream again. Um, next up, it's another cage, impromptu caged heat match with uh, Goldberg versus Scott Steiner. So this always happens. So when they like have a big elaborate cage hmm. randomly on Nitro, they always use it at least twice. I think this is Vince Russo having pressure from the accountants basically saying, you've got to get your money's worth out of it. I'm sure he must have done it on WWE, where he had. I think they did, didn't they? Mankind and Kane, and yeah. then they then they used it later on in the night. They did, yeah, absolutely on on Raw, I think, yeah. Between like Austin and Undertaker, or something random like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. 
But but yeah, if this is very much a yeah, if this cage is here, got to get a money's worth. Cage will draw people in. Which is all fairness. If you do it on occasion, it's fine. But I think this is literally the second time this month, even the third time on Nitro, where they've had a cage match, where they've had another cage match on the same episode. Great booking again by Mr. Russo. Yep, you did it again. So with this one, um, Goldberg spears Steiner and then escapes the cage um, to beat him. To be honest, this wasn't their Fall Brawl Classic, but it was still all right for a match. No, I think we only had about five minutes here and a load of bollocks aside to deal with, so it was perfectly fine. Very weird for Goldberg's character to walk out of the cage instead of just pinning him, but yeah, it is what probably, it is. probably Steiner was like, fucking no chance, mate. Yeah, I mean, maybe it was a compromise. Like, obviously, Steiner got the a win at Fall Brawl. Steiner's going for the number one contendership and eventually wins the title. But Goldberg wants his win back. I feel like this is a throw it out. We compromise, throw it out there on a random night show that no one will remember because I certainly didn't remember this. And then jobs are good. And so, in terms of booking around backstage politics, one assumes I think this Ruth has actually done a steady job. It doesn't make for good TV, but this is one way to work around the boys' sensitive egos, as they all like to frequently bang on about. So, um, the famous Beetlejuice, hey, snap nuts, to Jeff Jarrett, who uh, who ends up smashing him with the guitar. This is always marked down as like the best guitar smash that um, Jarrett ever did. Um, No, I I think he did a better one on um, Psycho v. the Killer Dwarf uh, when he had the, the gun on him in TNA. Do you remember that? Yeah. When he when he brought up a gun and and Jared just took it out of the guitar, I think that church, that I think that guitar shot's a bit better, but yeah, I think so. Um, so next up, uh, we have WCW title now with Vince Russo versus Booker T in a caged heat match. Mm. Uh, we also have a million baby faces on the outside to stop Vince Russo getting up to any shenanigans. Yeah. Oh, what's this? It's the return of Lex Luger to, <laughs> to pass me. Vince Russo a lead pipe. Last time you saw Lex Luger, he was at loggerheads with Russo over Miss Elizabeth. Yep. Remember that one, Chris? <laughs> Very well, too. Yeah, but I don't know. It's a bit like when. Um... When Sid Vicious returned that one week on Nash. Yeah. It was, wasn't it? Just like, it was, who cares yeah. about continuity? Fuck it. Lex Luger wants to return to work now after throwing his a fit about his job to Chuck Palumbo. Yeah, just have him be aligned with Russo. Why not? So um, we have um, someone who's an EMT come out to the um, ringside area. Woo! It's only Ric Flair, dressed as an EMT, who gets mm. involved now and trying to go after Russo. Oh, it's another person coming <laughs> into the cage. It's um, Bill Goldberg. But uh, Booker T is ready to walk out of the cage, but Goldberg's music hits uh, with uh, Booker distracted. So Goldberg wanders in, 
goes all the way around the cage. Goldberg spears Russo through the cage while um, Booker T just, you know, calmly just puts one foot out. But Russo lands before Booker's fully goes out. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, creative finish. At the end of the day, Vince Russo just won the world title. So that's yeah. not great. But I can't complain about the finish itself in terms of a cliffhanger. I, I, I was thinking that myself because they it, went it was well shot went... as well. Yeah. Perfect timing on it and everything. They could have they could have very fucked up. And in all fairness to him, it's a it's a rare thing for WWE to try, get that sort of convoluted finish working and looking good. So yeah, but at the end they've been through so WCW champion, need a say more. Um, my final line on the uh, notes is another nail in the coffin for WCW. I mean, yeah, but at this point, you just got to laugh, haven't you? You have, you have. Uh, but it sets up a cliffhanger for um, Thunder on the 27th of September, yeah. like where we find out who is the actual champion. Who, who touched first? <laughs> well, before we get into that, um, AWOL finally puts an opponent through a table. Beating Johnny the Bull. <laughs> it finally happened. Um, Mike, Mike, oh, what the fuck? Mike Awesome offers one more boner in uh, Medage's body. This, this is one a, more this, boner. Bone, yeah, one more bone in uh, Medage's body. Uh, right. seg- segment ends with Medage and laying me out cat fights again. And low blowing Mike Awesome. Mm. You can audibly hear the audience groaning at this segment. So this was like um, his love lounge segment. Mm. And he, he would try to come on to uh, Medeja, like, you know, g- gradually moving up the settee. Yeah. And he said, I'll put another bone in you. <laughs> but, yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, so um, you remember this, um, this 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 phrase? What Kevin Nash had always come out of? SOL. Oh, shall look, and you know what that? Oh, it was SOL, and you know what that means? It was yeah, it never got over, but it's really sad that I remember that. But yeah, it stands for shit out of luck. Right. It sounds like one of them abbreviations that Chris Jericho always comes up, tries to get oh. over with on AEW. And then heavily trademarks it and then makes no money out of it because it's not very good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I wonder which money he's actually made from being known as the, the Wizard. Or what was the other one recently? Uh, Demo God. The Dem- uh, Demo God, I think he sort of got over, but... That's another one. It's like the, the BWBE, the best wrestler, best entertainer, or something. Oh yeah, yeah, that was that was shit. Yeah, I'm sure there's another one. I'm gonna have to look this up now. Well, I, I don't want to say for malfunctioner, but that doesn't sound right at all. The malfunctioner. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's that's just AEW backstage, I mean, isn't it? Chris Jericho nicknames AEW. Let's. Uh, let's see. I'm gonna have a look now. It says the champion, the influencer. That was the one I was thinking of. The influencer. Right. Not a fucking chance. 
the I mean, brick, I... the brick hit house, the yeah. soft dandy. He has more nicknames for the actor, doesn't he? He does, yeah. Your favourite, um, favourite abbreviators, favourite Um So the other thing on this episode was Vince Russo contemplating relinquishing the WCW title as, mm. a, as a, t- a TNT executive was probably in the corner saying, you better fucking do it, Vince. Just got gun pointed at him. Just, just fucking do it. Trying to sell this company, and we want some money from it. So vacate the fucking title now. <laughs> so October second, two thousand nitro, as the filthy animals face the boogie nights. Boogie nights. Do 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 do. So this is a ladder match with Disco Duck held above the ring. So the boogie nights were Disco Inferno. And Actung Actung, this is Alexander Wright. Hmm. Essentially a reunion because they were a tag team in like '98 as well. They were, yeah. I'm sure they, yeah, did yeah. they have a match with uh, Bulldog and Jim Nida at Four Ball '98. Yeah, they did. Yes, yeah, yeah. They also had a Tokyo Magnum as a sidekick at one point as well. Right. Yeah. So um, this, yeah, so this is just basically a reunion, although. Uh, Disco Inferno didn't have a plastic duck with him in the in So in during this match, Conan is wearing a full cow pattern two piece. So he had like um, a waistcoat and pants. So mm. he was he was just a giant Mexican cow. L <laughs> cow. I mean, you could describe most of his wrestling as L cow, couldn't you? Uh, a bullshit. Yes. So um. With this one, Conan obtains the duck to win the match. However, the Boogie Knights get revenge and swat Conan and Ray with the duck. <laughs> Must be a steel-lined uh, steel bloody duck or something like that. It's it, like one of those hooking ones you can buy from a garden centre for 10 quid. It is, yeah, like an ornament in your back garden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like a really cheap ornament for, for when you want a pond, but you live in a rough uh, council state area in, in like a terrace house and you can't have a pond. Are you talking about me here, Chris? <laughs> oh, shit, no, no, no. <laughs> uh, you, you can get a... I was, I was thinking about more I am at minute, to be fair. But anyway, um, you can um, you can get a plastic duck for your garden. I didn't see a garden when, when I was there anyway. It might be a very nice garden. Um, it's uh, probably not so good at the moment because it's been raining and uh, can't can't do much lawnmowing when it's raining. I work on the garden. No, not really. I mean, you, you could you could dig a hole and make a pond from all the rain, though. I could, get, I could do. I could do. Get, I could get, get a disco dock. I could get the kids from next door to help us um, dig, dig, dig a muddy hole. <laughs> Hey yo, um, let's um, go go to one person who's uh, quackers enough to book this shite. It's Vince Russo. Speaker of digging holes, Vince Russo, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, so he's in the back, um, and he actually relinquishes the WCW title with a bald Jeremy Borash stood by yeah. his by his side. So he's still undefeated as well. Just to point this out. Yeah, so he's um, the I think he's the nine and oh, ten and oh, undefeated ten, champ. Ten and oh, he never loses, does he? Because he's gone from WCW very shortly, so he never actually lost a match in WCW. 
That's a uh, little regarded fact. No one's ever mentioned that one before. Vince Russo never did the job. Even Hogan did the job twice. What a twat. I know. Fucking hell. You, re- you remember this next segment where um, oh, Russo in a Portmobile. Extremely well. This one always sticks out in my mind for some reason. It always turns up on them uh, highlight packages when the on WWE uh, propaganda videos when they're saying about how they won the war against WCW. Yeah, 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 that's right, yeah. No, I, I remember watching this at the time. I want to say this was, because uh, in terms of UK viewing, I want to say this was the first episode that was on Bravo. Is that right? It's, it's near enough, yeah. It's about there, it's, yeah, yeah. But I always have distinct memories of it turning to Bravo because at this point, we're... When we recapping the funders, bear in mind we didn't get funder from this point onwards. But you've heard funder never transferred to Bravo, so we only have got the nitros after this, didn't we? I think we did, yeah. I think the uh, the first Bravo one was maybe the Russo winning in the cage. Perhaps, yeah, yeah. It, it was something like that, but it was about this era. Um, yeah, I thought this was actually an effective segment as well. Um, so. This is the one where Russo is like Goldberg, you piece of trash and all that lot. And basically saying that's punishment for sparing him through the cage and giving him a brain injury, whatever it is, which sounds like a shoot. Um, Goldberg won't have to challenge. He won't be able to challenge for the title again unless he beats his old streak of 173. And if he loses along the way, is fired from WCW. Yeah. Now, in my mind, if... If there was someone with more patience than Vince Russo doing this, this is actually a fantastic angle to build a company around. Yeah, it's, it's sort, because... of, sort of in a way. You remember when um, Ric Flair was doing his retirement thing? Yeah. And there was, they sort of built that up at the start, but like halfway through, got bored of it, and then like, oh, shit, we've got to do something with Flair going up to Mania. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because I think if... Because we will end up discussing about this, because if I remember rightly, he's already five and they're all by the end of this episode. I mean, for fuck's sake. So, considering Goldberg lost his original against Kevin Nash, and for all the bullshit reasons Nash comes out with, Goldberg was still hot. People love that streak. People still wanted to see that streak continuing. Mm. So, I think, in my opinion, there was nothing wrong in theory revisiting this two years later and gradually building a company around this streak again. So, in theory, the future direction of the company, probably accidentally in Vince Russo's terms, was actually looking quite strong. Unfortunately, this is Vince Russo we're talking about, and he wanted to probably get to that 176 and no thing by December if he uh, had his way. Because the, the way they were trying to do it was um, book Goldberg in one of Vince Russo's favourite gimmick matches, a handicap match, but Goldberg had to pin basically both wrestlers. Yes, yeah, that's right. And it basically got to a point where whenever any time Goldberg was in the ring, he just pinned someone and it counted. Yeah. So it basically, this is the same as when Sid in, in Summer Night Night Nine did the same thing. Yeah, uh, when he was doing the Millennium Man stuff. Yeah, which again, I, I loved that Sid streak angle because it, it was... People got annoyed about it because, like, oh, Sid is just pinning random people, not even in real matches. But that was part of, like, the shtick, the heel shtick, to build against that match against Goldberg, was here, they're basically having Goldberg do the Sid streak, except he's a, he's a good guy. 
which doesn't really, really work at all. But to to be honest with the actual uh, winning streak of Goldberg, they made up some of the numbers, didn't they? On the, the inflated that, figures, didn't they? Yeah, what they did, there was there is a list out there somewhere, but I'm pretty sure quite a good chunk of those house shows never existed. Mm, yeah. So so it'd basically be Glacier, Jerry Flynn three times over a weekend, but it, it, it in actuality probably would have been once, and then the other two. But, like, oh, yeah, he beat him in bloody Massachusetts or Rhode Island on the Sunday, but wasn't even a house show then. You know, sort yeah. of shit like that. But Probably again, beat him in a car park or something. Yeah, but but again, in the age of pre-era, pre-instat era... No one would have known. No one would have known, so I think them fluffling up the original streak, I thought was perfectly fine. You won't be able to get away with it at this day and age, though. Absolutely not. Which is why you shouldn't do a streak one. I, I read recently, because I've not really been watching AEW recently, but they've been very faithful to Jade Cargill's streak. And after, yeah, yeah. after what, two years she's been on the roster now? Yeah, she's um, but, 13, but, 39 and all. That sounds really shit after two years. That sounds absolute bollocks. After, so two, been... after two years, when most wrestlers wrestle weekly, yeah. Sounds shit. In fact, if anything, it really discredits her. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure if she's actually come on as a wrestler in, in the time that she's been wrestling, because, again, I've not really watched AEW in about six months now, but, yeah. She's more the... Ca- she's always more the character than the the wrestling part of it. Yeah, yeah. I will, I will say that. Mm-hmm. Um, so Goldberg versus Meng. Will Goldberg's career end at the first hurdle? No. Goldberg wins in a minute. Beating yeah. notorious hard man, Meng. I've got the time here. 39 seconds. 39 seconds. <laughs> Ridiculous. But again, I, lo- I like the idea in theory of like Ming was like one of his biggest rivals during that original streak. So again, bringing him back and doing this all sounds fine, but 39 seconds. Yeah. Now, I know Goldberg matches back in the day didn't go longer than two minutes, but against Meng as well? I think if I was doing it, which as, as we've established, I, I then eventually did start writing about this streak in my uh, second best diary of, of the year in EWB in 2006. Yeah. I can't remember who I had him feuding with. I'll check that in a minute. Um, but yeah, you've, Ming would have been a good starter. It'd been like a really challenging four-minute, five-minute match, and then you could like spend the rest of the year just like defeating Kiwi and all that shit. I'm gonna see if I can find that diary now while you talk about next bit. I'm gonna. I can't remember who I had him feuding with. Yeah. So uh, while Chris is looking, uh, David Flair has a hostage, which is the one and only Buff Bagwell. Um, in the end, um, oh, talking of Goldberg, lo and behold, handicap match now against. Um, Man and Chris's favourites, the Harris boys. <sighs> Great. Bloody Tantric. Goldberg pins both of them in less than two minutes. Yeah, so he's already, at the end of this Nitro, he's already three and now. Yes. Absolutely just stupid. Right, it is a gimmick match for you. It's for the WCW title. For probably the umpteenth time between these two, it's Jeff Jarrett versus Booker T in a San Francisco 49ers match. I mean, 
we've gone to the gim- gimmick in a minute, but at least it's not her Harris Boys versus Mamelukes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so you, you've just got to, sometimes you've got to think, well, yeah, that's a bit shit, but at least it's not that. So um, the gimmick of this match is there's four boxes, one on each um, thing. It's a bit like the um, TNA Feast of Fired match. Hmm. With, um, yes, yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah. Now, did, did Russo come up with that Feast of Fired thing? He did, yes. Yeah, it was invented... 2006-2007 time, which was when he, he uh, quite high-profile, he got signed to TNA the same time Kurt Angle got signed as well. So it was like Russo got signed on a Friday and he announced Angle on the Sunday. It was as close as that, if you if you, if you didn't remember that. Dear Bloody hell, so, it's sort of like, oh, we've got to appease the fans somewhere. Get, get Angle in quick. <laughs> yeah. In terms of uh, pure TNA, like they're... Their biggest signing they ever had, in, in my opinion, <coughs> same weekend Russo. If that's not describing the mixed bag that was TNA, I don't know what is. TNA, 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 TNA. Um, did you find out who Goldberg was um, feuding with in the second best diary since? Uh, <laughs> I'm still searching. It, in all fairness, I'm asking this for. I'm asking this uh, ye old forum to find search results from 2006, so it may take a couple of minutes, but I will find it for you. Right. So, um, with the um, San Francisco 49ers match, one has the WCW title in. One of them had a, a picture of Scott Hall. Yeah. One of them a coal miner's glove, and one of them a blow-up doll. Of course, yeah. If that doesn't sum up Vince Russo, I don't know what does. So uh, basically, oh, so the iconic still image for well, oh sorry, of uh, Booker T holding up Scott Hall. Yeah, just like his face off a lot, just completely iconic. So so ba- so basically, this is uh, Vince Russo in bed, uh, wanking with a coal miner's glove on. Uh, yep. With a up doll while looking at a picture of Scott Hall while and, and also wearing the WCW title. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's true. Soul's fantasy sums up pretty nicely. All he needs now is for it to all take place in a sex dungeon and to be bloody well. He'd it, probably um, uh, dehydrate himself to death uh, by wanking everywhere. So Beetlejuice gets involved at one of the um, Howard Stern Quack Pack. And low blows Jarrett. So with Jarrett out of the um, equation, you have Booker going up for the final box now. <laughs> What's this? The WCW belt falls out of the box. Oh God! <laughs> so, I'm not, are you about to mention what I'm about to mention? No. How it was pointed out that thank God Vince Russo wasn't really paying attention because David Penzer picks up that title first. And it's always been said, if Russo had conned on to that, we would have entered Thunder with David Penzer as the WCW Heavyweight Champion. Because <laughs> like Penzer goes, oh shit, and like, it's like got 15 minutes, 15 seconds left before like TV time's over. So Penzer just scrambles over, picks up, hands it to Booker, then Booker can do his celebration. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> RSW review ruined... Uh, David Penzer for me. God damn it. (laughs) 
I, I used to think David Penzel was like the best ring announcer as well. He was pretty good, weren't he? He still does TNA now, doesn't he? He does TNA, he, but he sounds absolutely ridiculous to TNA now because A's voice has gone and B is. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, so yeah, Booker T's your new WCW champion. Of course. God, how many, how, many, how, many, how many champions have we reached now? For this year? Oh, good grief. 20. Uh, about that, yeah. I, I do know um, this is his fourth and I think final time he wins it in actually in WCW. Un- up until the last night where he beat Scott Stan. Oh, no, sorry. So is this, is this his third reign, man? Third? Yeah, I think this is his third one. So he's got two more. Yeah. October 4th, Thunder now. Very light show, this one. The only highlight was the Young Dragons versus Scott Steiner. Scott Steiner absolutely murders all three of them and wins with a double recliner. He kills them. Yeah, he, he, did, he did like a big, giant Samoan drop to, I think, one of them off the top and obviously gets him in the uh, double recliner. Wasn't much to wasn't much to this episode that took me fancy. This is like like we said earlier, this is where the notes uh, gradually go down a bit for the TV. So yeah. through it all. <laughs> yeah, and again, uh, to emphasize, I think this is the longest one between pay-per-views that we that we've had to cover um, for this year because it's like literally 12, 14 episodes going on and like I said, it's a bloody absolutely ridiculous amount to get get going on with. October the 9th, Nitro now. From ah, I, 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 Sorry, I think I finally found... Here we go. Is that... No, it was the wrong one. Oh, bugger. Okay, never mind. I thought I found the right one then. Has it been deleted? I think some fuckers deleted it, you know. I, I literally cannot find who I Goldberg feuding with. Disgraceful behaviour. Was it so... Mark Madden? It should have been Mark Madden. Damn it, I li- I mean, to be fair, I'm trying to remember something that I did 16 years. No, I can't find it. Sorry, folks. It, I, I'm sure it was someone better than Lex Luger, though. Oh, I've just remembered. Uh, so I had him feuding with Jeff Jarrett instead. You know, you know, heading to Mayhem and all that lot. He was feuding with Jeff Jarrett for about two months. Did he win? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'd say we're building towards the streak. The idea was if we'd ever reached it. If we ever got to Starcade 2001, which we didn't, I think we finished that Sin 2001, yeah. Goldberg would uh, challenge, would basically legitimately get his streak by Starcade 2001, so like a good 14 months into the diary to then challenge. I was going to, I think the idea was to have Nash as a champion uh, as a role reversal. Shall we? Shall we do WCW two thousand and? <laughs> <laughs> just, just from, like the start... mind, from the mind of Chris Wilson. Yeah, just, just start making up our own. W... Well, we'll we'll do WCW two thousand and one then. When it comes to Spring Stampede two thousand and one, we'll just start making it up as we go along. I, th- I think we should, you know. Um, yeah. October the ninth, Nitro from Struth, Australia. <laughs> Crikey! Answer. I mean, What's this? Crikey, What's this? We've, still, crikey we've still got six episodes left to go as well. We have. Jeff Jarrett dressed as Naughty Sting. What's going on, Ben, sir? Doing a MasterCard advert. 
He is, yes. So this is the point where Jeff Jarrett is starting to feud with Sting and uh, dress up as uh, the 19, late 80s, early 90s version of him. Mm. Just to say as well, because uh, they do this a couple of times, we've got an Australia tour and we've got a UK tour coming up. Like, yeah. Legit sold out here. It's about 15,000 fans. I think there's more people in this arena than the vast majority of the Nitros back in like 96, 97. They, they actually, um, they, I think they said they did this in the building where the Australian Open tennis takes place. Yes, that's right. So the, the original version of AEW Grand Slam. So um, on this show, we have Rey Mysterio versus Elite Skipper in a fun but sloppy match, which Elite wins with the overdrive. It's one of them that the manoeuvres are just like, it's just 100 mile an hour, but... Very I think it sums up Elix Skipper quite well. His old career, fun but sloppy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, probably a bit too more in his head, a lot more ambitious than what he could probably pull off. But but to be fair, not to say he was a crap for us or anything like that. He just probably should have wound it in a bit more in places. I don't know. Uh, uh, cage Jeff, walk, so always forgiven. Yeah. Um, Jeff Jarrett Sting um, advertises the new WCW MasterCard. We have Mark, Mark Madden dressed as Bill Oddie interviewing um, <laughs> Stacey Keebler, who says she's sorry, but it comes out from that that Stacey likes the shag. He wishes. And I put typical Russo rising again, putting the women yeah. down. Uh, I mean, so, so, so what if women like a good shag, you know? E- equal opportunity and all that lot. But, you know, someone like Russo... Who clearly needs a therapist. Enough said. All I can uh, say is I hope his wife has been tolerant of him over the years. I fucking hope so as well, mate. Um, mm. Next up, we have Tigress versus Tory Wilson in a Bush Tucker bra and panties match. Right. Okay. <laughs> so, um, who's it wins this one? Tigress. For those keeping count on the bra and panties uh, matches. I mean, um, boy. yeah, it, so, so the way it is, um, sorry, I, I, I was just waiting for my stepdad to leave a thing because it's a bit weird to talk about a brown panties match with my bloody 60-year-old <laughs> stepdad in the same room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I stopped. <laughs> yeah, so gee whiz, I wonder why Vince Russo booked Tori Watson to lose in a brown panties match against Tigress. Is it because he's got a type? Yes. Yeah. Okay, if we're literally talking about any other batch, I'd be fine to say that there and then, but I just needed a bit more privacy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is why, as a gentleman, you shouldn't do a podcast in a conservatory. What, in a conservative? That too. Anyway, um, Goldberg, handicap match time, versus Big Vito and Johnny DeBull, who were basically fighting each other two weeks ago. Um... Goldberg wins. Yep. And again, going on the Sid thing. So he doesn't win the handicap match, 4 0. He pins both of them, even though the match is over after 4 0. So it goes 5 0 instead. Angle's already dead in water for me. It's not a legit streak. Um, Mike Awesome versus David Flair in a hardcore match. Oh, um, God. Why? 
David Flair gets a beating and the Aussie crowds yeah. love it. Yeah, it's what he deserves. Excellent. October Please 11th. tell me Mike Awesome actually. Yeah, he, he does win, doesn't he? I think I vaguely remember this one. He does, yeah. Thankfully. <laughs> Thank God. Okay, perfectly fine. Um, October 11th, Thunder now. Um, WCW's newest superstar, Sam Greco. Oh, God. Yeah, so this is the man who'll become uh, Kid Romeo, isn't it? Is it? Correct, yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. So he's a two-time karate champion, Australia's own. He, you know what what he called WCW? Well, the, he called it the WCW, like uh, Brett. Have I misremembered this? I'm going to Google Sam Greco. Kid Romeo. Hmm. No, I've, I think I've, I think I've I think I've misremembered this because I think Kid Romeo's his real name was something quite similar. Kid Gruesome. Probably, yeah. Like, like, like more the bartender. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think I've misremembered it. Part of me. Did you know that there was um, two commissioners at this point in the um, proceedings? So it was um, Mike Sanders and the cat. Now the commissioners. <sighs> Fun. Now yeah. this this is the point, Chris. Where I thought. Oh, it's funny. Vince Russo is nowhere to be seen. Oh, God. Yeah, I just made that same connection as well. Yeah, so... Because I was just... I was about to make a comment. Oh, yeah, why have you got two commissioners when multiple Vince Russo makes the matches? But I'm pretty sure Vince Russo is now gone from TV. That is it. Vieira Russo has now officially ended. Yeah. We're all done. We're safe. It's safe to go back in the water, Chris. Well, maybe. I've seen Halloween Havoc. But saying that, you know, it's it's weird how this guy who had such a massive catastrophic impact on WCW has literally is he, he survived basically a one calendar year and did so much. The vast, 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 vast majority of it awful when he's just gone like that. And, and he, I thought he'd at least booked himself a farewell. Yeah, who, who, who took over the booking at this stage? So I believe it temporarily went back to that writing committee thing with like Terry Taylor, Ed Ferrara, um, Bill Bush and, and people like that in charge. And then as we go into 2001, uh, everyone's favourite uh, Johnny Ace comes into the company. Ah, yeah. Because Johnny Ace gets into WWF. In, uh, in the takeover, he's like one of the staff that we actually keep on. So that's how he he gets his in into WWF. In all fairness, yeah. I thought I thought, oh god, it's bloody Kevin Sullivan again. <laughs> nah, no, no, he's long gone at this point. Enjoying life, re- retired on a new disc beach in Florida. Main event of this show was Mike Sanders versus Sting. Oh no, it isn't Sting. It's Jeff Jarrett in nineteen Sting garb again. Real Sting finally comes out though and faces Sanders. Scorpion Death Drop, one, two, three. Easy work. Yeah, great. Couple of minutes. Um, Do you say it was a main event as well? Yes, it was. It was very funny. I assume this was still in Australia, wasn't it? This it one? It was, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so 14,000 people have actually paid to see Thunder alone. It's not like a double taping, and that's your main event. It's basically Harris Boys versus Marmalukes at the MEN Arena in front of uh, 
15,000 that yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. And Buff Bagwell saying, you may not get, you might not have had Nash, you might not have had Goldberg, you might not have had Vic Flair, but I'm Buff and I'm the stuff. Yay! Yay! The final bit of TV I actually watched was the October 16th, 2000 Nitro, because I didn't fancy another week's worth of telly. Okay, uh, I, I, I'll quickly skim through the 23rd in case there was anything notable, but I'm pretty sure there wasn't. So, um, 16th was Goldberg versus Chronic um, is officially announced. We have David Flair versus Goldberg. Poor Dave's been getting all the bastards, hasn't he? Mike Olsen, mm. Goldberg. Um, lo and behold, here we're a mugging again. Um we have Kevin Nash visiting the 4X Brewery. Yeah. And which he actually gets his own uh, label as well, Big Sexy Beer. <laughs> he doesn't give a Castlemaine 4X for anything else. Uh, no. <laughs> okay. um, now, uh, Kevin Nash has come straight from the brewery and he's facing Sting in a Lumberjack match, which ends up with Jarrett um, hitting Sting uh, with the guitar and Nash rolls over to get the free. Yep, I'll do it. Kevin Nash, who's not feuding with anyone um, currently, pins the man who's in a, a top line feud with Jeff Jarrett. Jeff, Jeff Jarrett, yep. Yeah. What it's all over the shop now, isn't it, again? It is. What, anything happen on the 23rd? Or? So the only thing I can see, apart from Sir so Goldberg beat Sean Stasiak this time, to put him at 12, I know. This angle started three weeks ago, 12 and 0. Um, we get a really, I remember, quite unfunny skit where the Misfits in action uh, do a segment mocking Team Canada. You know, the old um, DX doing nation domination thing. I've seen it on the thumbnail, yeah. Yeah. Thankfully, no blackface on this occasion for Edix Skipper. But, uh, yeah, you had that sort of thing going on. And... Quick scan through, see if I remember anything. Oh, yeah, Scott Steiner comes out with a tiger. Ah, yeah, I remember that. Yes, yeah, yeah. For his main event match against Mike Awesome, which which he wins quite handily, which is good going into a pay-per-view. But, yeah, I think, cause I think we're in Las Vegas, I believe. Oh, no, Little Rock, Arkansas. Why the hell is there a tiger in Little Rock, Arkansas? I wonder if it's uh, any of these people involved in that Tiger King nonsense. Or oh, that um, Siegfried and Roy, they must have been going then. Oh, yeah, no, no, yeah, one of them had been mauled to death by the tiger. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, Chris, that, that's the end of the TV. It, it, it was a mess. I, I think it gets a bit more stable going forward with Russo gone, but yeah, fucking hell. What a month, an absolute cornucopia of shite, basically. <laughs> It was all so solid going to Fall Brawl as well. And obviously oh. Fall Brawl was like the best pay-per-view that we've reviewed all year. Yeah. And suddenly you would get delivered with, oh, well, yeah, Vince Russo, WCW champion. And, you know, that's just the headline sort of thing going on. It's such a strange, strange time. I do seem to remember as well, in all fairness, when I was watching this sort of thing, um, thinking, oh, bloody hell, this feels like nearly the end of WCW now. And I was proven right, weirdly enough. It just felt like WCW had nothing left to offer. And yeah, unfortunately. Especially in this month with the whole Russo thing. And immediately fucking up the Goldberg streak as well. It really felt like to me 
I mean, it's not a coincidence that twelve year old me the next month asked my mum, Oh, come and get Sky Sports so I could watch WWF instead. Because I, I'd actually given up on WCW before it ended. Yeah. And what I started doing, I watched the first hour of Nitro because it didn't clash with Raw, but as soon as Raw was on, I was I was out of there. That and this was uh, like um, WWE's one of big biggest periods of their yeah, well, about say yeah, the year two thousand critically was like their best year ever. Heading into WrestleMania seventeen, their best WrestleMania ever. You know, um, WWF on a hot streak, and I don't think WCW could have done anything about that. But what they could have done in the meantime was just hold the ship steady until things turned around again. And instead, this last year with Vince Russo just absolutely fucking created the whole thing, scorched earth stuff. There was no way they could have ever won won people back. And it's literally taken like 20 years almost for AEW for it to be a viable alternative again. Because mm. unfortunately, I think half of TNA's problem as well as like, hiring Russo was, I think, it just scorched any viable competition because it just like people just like, well, what's the point? If you weren't yeah. already watching WWF, then, you know, why would you watch this other thing? Yeah, I think I think this time in WWE, I'm just going off a tangent here. This is um, getting up to I did it for The Rock. Yes, it's the same month. Uh, this is yeah, yeah, yeah. This is um, Austin returns for his first match at No Mercy 2000. This is like when Kurt Angle wins the title uh, for the first time as well. Um, it, it was one of those weird months. It wasn't like the best month that WWF had that year, but again. Versus what WCW were pumping out. This is like, they were just light years ahead. They really were. Shall we get into the pay-per-view then, Chris? Yes, we can. A pay-per-view I've seen far too many times because of my silver award-winning diary in uh, 2006 <laughs> at EWB. That they yeah. apparently deleted. I'm going to really find that later on. I'm, I'm getting quite annoyed now. If I find it, I'll post a link on Twitter, but you all have to sign up to the phone to read it. No problem. Um, so WCW, Halloween Havoc 2000 from the MGM, um, put my teeth in, MGM Grand in Las Vegas, Nevada. Yep. Two hours, 48 minutes and 26 seconds on the 29th of October 2000. Your people on commentary this time, Tony Schiavone, Mark Madden and Stevie Ray. I remember I mean, you messages me. last night, Chris, and like, what the fuck? I want to fucking drink some bleach or something. Yeah, I said, Mark Madden and Steve Huey, going to drink bleach, be right back. I, I know, you know, Scott Hudson wasn't like the most exciting commentator, Mike Tanay wasn't, but fucking hell, to put Steve Huey in there. And there's a couple of bits in here, which obviously I'll, I'll mention. It, it's just basically, they, oh, they've gone... What if we have another Mark Madden, but is a face? It's like you don't need you don't need any Mark Maddens on commentary. Never mind two. Absolutely ridiculous stuff. Speaking of ridiculous stuff as well, it's Halloween Havoc at the MGM Arena. No inflatable pumpkin. What the fuck? Yeah, they, they probably had to sell it. Oh yeah, they did. They paid the wrestlers. Yeah, at this point, for raiding the, the Grand Silver just to pay for everyone. Because they were bleeding money like a fucker at this point. So, um, match number one, 
Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights. Versus the Natural Born Thrillers. Versus the Filthy Animals for the WCW Tag Team Titles in a triple threat match. What do you think, Chris? I actually really like this match. I, I thought it was really solid. No, um, and in my mind, if I remember this correctly, yeah, match of the night as well. Um, yeah, it was. So it's a uh, you know match against Sean O'Hare against Mysterio Kidman against Disco Alex, right? And we just it's a different dynamic from your normal three-way tag match as well because it was basically triple threat rules, I and mean, then you tag out to your partner from there, mm-hmm. so it changed things a bit. Um, a few really good spots here from like Ginger and Nohair basically throwing Ray Mysterio about. I think Ray took a lot of bloody hip tosses and all that, like, like as the smallest guy in the ring here. Um, Alex Wright, I thought, was looking really sharp as well. I think this is his first, certainly his first pay per view appearance in the year, but I don't think he's actually wrestled since his Berlin days. Um, um, since he, he, he hasn't been around for any of like, most of the Russo stuff. But he looks really sharp here. Um, they, said, a... they said he put on about twenty pounds of muscle as well. No, I can see that as well. To be fair, because if you look at Alex Wright, especially circa ninety four, ninety five, when he's like feuding with Triple H, um, yeah, it was just a young, skinny German lad, and he'd certainly put on a bit more weight here. He, he looked better all far it as well. But yeah, no. Um, I, I, I thought this was good. It was like a really smooth finish as well. It's basically everyone hitting their finisher, like trying to like interrupt each other's pinfall. And he's just out of nowhere. Um, the disc goes on the floor and he gets hit with a Sean Tom bomb by Sean O'Hare for them to um, to retain the titles. Um, and, and again, the right result as well. Um, second year in a row where it's been a triple threat tag match as well, uh, funnily enough, for, for titles. Just as a weird little tidbit I just remembered. But yeah, really good stuff, this. For WW2000, obviously. Um, for me, yeah, no, pretty solid three-way match. I did put no room to breathe. It was sort of like one in, one out, but it, it, it didn't feel like they were just waiting on the outside. There was always yeah. going on in this match. I, I felt like this sort of match calls for that sort of thing. Mm. It, it's basically the equivalent of back in the year day in WCW when they'd open with a cruiserweight t- uh, match that, where the wrestlers very gave... Uh, no room to breathe. It's just like spot after spot after spot, and you know you loved it for it. So it's sort of almost a callback to that in a, in a weird way. There's um there's a sort of recent one on the um, recent NXT Halloween Abbott, which is the main event. The um, <laughs> excuse me, um, Jordan Devlin, Bron Breaker, and Ilya match. Yeah. Well, it's very similar where they're all mm. all in the ring together, more yeah. than one in one out. Yeah, I, I like the sound of this Jordan Devlin character. I should Google him and uh, see. Oh no, you don't want to Google that twat. I, I, I think I'll Google him and find out more about his past. He seems like an interesting guy. Mm. But, but yeah, I would say with with that match anyway, uh, just to go off on a tangent, you sort of forget how good Ilya you dragon off is as a babyface. Mm. He's good. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, what rating you go on this match, Chris? Um, I actually went quite generous on this. Three and a quarter. Yes, three and a quarter I go as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, cool. Oh, this sounds like a good start. We're going to actually agree on a pay-per-view for once. My Probably word. Not. So a pay-per-view starting off with a three and a quarter star match. 
What is it? It, it can it continue on the good, great for great form from Fall Brawl. Well, match number two now for the WCW Hardcore Title: Reno versus A Wall. Um, That'll be in so Twenty seconds in, A Wall goes through a table. Oh no! I laughed so hard. It's just like, oh for fuck's sake! <laughs> I, I, I'll mention this now, but later on um, in the Mike Awesome Vampiro match, Tony Schiavone says. Oh, Mike Awesome introduced the tables to WCW when he arrived in April. And just like, yeah, they, they want to forget about the wall, don't they? He's embarrassed himself more than enough at this point. But but then again, Mike Mike Awesome introduced himself, he's himself to some tables as well. He did, yeah. Fuck me. So um, the, the bits like the wall boot in uh, Reno with a bin on his head. I, I like that. It was a good good spot, I thought. I like that. The, the second time he did it, it didn't work at all, but the first time he got it perfectly where he flicked his foot up at the last minute, so obviously he's not concussing the guy. Yeah. They looked really good. So that, that was all right. I, I like that. One one of my notes is Reno was a bore, weren't he? Was a bore? Yeah. Yeah, he was shit. Yeah. He, he should have left a power plant. In, in all fairness, I basically just looked at him. You know, and he's built like a brick shit house, no offense to him. He is fucking, he is a wide guy. He's he a is, shit Harry Saturn, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. But about to say, he, he's, he's basically this massive triangle shape, but he's not very good. Has no charisma. He, he, he looks greasy. Mm. Um, yeah. Just the very definition of a Vince Russo, oh, I'll call him up because he'll do whatever I say sort of guy. I'm surprised he's not got a podcast on Vince Russo's network these days. Well, um, probably presenting it with Billy Batty or whatever he's called. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Wall powerbombs Reno through two tables, but ain't pinning him. Um, Finley, who's an agent backstage, old Funley, gets sparked out by the wall in the back. It sort of ends with Reno winning. Uh, I, I did put... Started off fine, but dragged near the end this match. I don't know what you thought, Chris. What's hilarious is they start this match really emphasising. This is an old school hardcore match. We've scrapped the old hardcore rule where the matches had to start at the back because we had a video game to promote. Yeah. Then literally, literally, the month of promoting the video game, they dropped the rule, which is hilarious in itself. And then, they so we have this all right brawl in the ring. And then they just decide to go backstage. Yeah. You can even hear the crowd go, oh, for fuck's sake, really? We paid to watch live wrestling, not to watch it on a screen. And we go backstage, and there's a computer monitor that have clearly... Not plugged in. Not plugged in. They've just stuck a piece of paper with a desktop on it there, so he throws it across. Um, there's a table that's already been set up at a, at a slant against the guy's <laughs> door in a perfectly natural position, which Mark Madden has to come up by saying, oh, Reno must have done it earlier. Early on, is clearly led the wall here. You know, even when Madden's arms cover like that, it's not very good. And then they just come back out to the ring again for some reason. And then, um, I think what they do is essentially they brawl a bit more, but then Reno just wins out of nowhere. End of match. Mm. What you go on it? One and a half, because it was all right for the first bit, but as soon as it went backstage, it died to death for me. 1.75. Yeah, it, it was about there, wasn't it? Oh, oh, 
And uh, yeah, to mention as well, because we're not very mentioned it earlier on, um, but in the last match we had natural born fillers and uh, misfits in action have a bit of a brawl to end that match, and then it happens again at the end of this match as well. Yeah, so it goes into an impromptu tag team match, player, player, holo, player, holo, player, player, with uh, Stasiak and Palumbo versus Lieutenant Loco and Corporal Cajun. Oh, no, when even on paper it looks like such a bang average two star match. And, and you know what it was, Chris, a bang average two star match. Two-star. Yeah, it played out exactly what I thought. And the problem is, and this is this is a running theme with Sean Stasiak matches in particular. He's not a terrible wrestler, but he just doesn't have any connection whatsoever. It's basically, I think this is going to sound very bad. Imagine Kip Sabian without work rate. So, like, everything else is fair. There's just no connection whatsoever. So, as a result, Sean Stasiak is doing the the WCW 2000 equivalent where he just bangs out two-star matches after two-star matches because there's just nothing there. And he just drags down everyone with him. That was quite harsh to keep saving, actually. I, 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 do, I do like him, just doesn't have any connection with the crowd. He's still done it. He's still not explained the box. No. And, and no, he's like, like wrestling again, hasn't he? Yeah, he's so no, he's, um, he's, bas- he's basically had one match against Pack on the paper, on the um, All Out, Fallout yeah. before All Out or something, on the yeah. pre show. And since then, nothing. No, no. Nothing after the uh, uh, all-out brawl, out fallout. Yeah, um, I think he's had like mixed tag matches with uh, Penelope Ford against uh, on like AW Dark, but nothing substantial on the main shows. It's just like, yeah, why bother? Like, well, like quite a few of um, AW's uh, superstars who just come and go. Mm, absolutely. So with, with this one, Tornado DDT by local to stage that for the win. I put a bit not needed as a match. It was okay, but was just there. Yeah. No, I was going to say it's... I couldn't really explain anything that happened here. A couple, couple of sleep and just... holds. Just washed over my head. It wasn't terrible, but it's just... And it went on for like 10 minutes as well. Like another Stasiak match that goes like 10, almost 10 plus minutes. Yeah. Work rate. Work rate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he's not very good at work rate, so yeah, his fucks it. What star rating you give you this one? Well, two stars to be fair. One point seven five. Yeah, I say again, it, it wasn't awful. Just it was nothing. Match number four now. It's tag team action with Conan and Tigress versus Shane Douglas and Tory Wilson. Now going into this match. Conan has injured his back. This was oh, in the in the first I, match. I mean, well, match, it was yeah. On yeah, Halloween Havoc 2000 has this weird structure where they try and do like stories that then continue into the night, but they sort of drop it after a while. So they've done about like four stories, and this is one of them. Conan's a bit injured. Yeah, I don't uh, know why, because he ends up fucking winning this match. So this is all unnecessary. Yeah, one of my notes is injured back. Conan moving around sprightly enough. No selling arsehole. Um, yeah. He basically does the roll, like the rolling um, clothesline, mm. and uh, I think another one where he's just like running, bouncing off the ropes. Like, 
Yeah. You've been injured your back, mate. You were, couldn't move. Yeah, it's, it's one of those injuries where he still gets his shit in. The rugby just won't bump for anyone else. Um, so with this one, we have Charles Robinson getting a face full of stuff. Yeah, a Bronco buster for anyone who's not up with the WW2000 lingo. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, you've got Tori dressed as Wonder Woman for no particular reason. One thing I did Halloween. like it was uh, Mark Madden basically starting a joke about basically how he used to masturbate to Wonder Woman um, as a teenager. And he tries to cut it out as a joke of Antonio Chivoli and Stevie Ray basically egging him on for two minutes afterwards for him to elaborate on what he meant, which is like, yeah, good. God, we call him out bloody embarrassing for trying such a thing like that. Um, Tory Wilson hitting the franchiser on Conan. Yeah, so I mentioned this earlier on. I mean, fuck me, this move was terrible anyway, but it makes everyone involved look like an idiot. It looks like Tori looked like an idiot because she spent so long setting it up. It makes Conan look like an absolute idiot for taking it in the first place. I mean, I'm not one for, oh, because it's a woman, you know, he shouldn't be taking any um, moves from a woman, blah, blah, blah. I don't believe in any of that stuff. In my mind, sadly, the argument's been, like, solid in the last couple of years due to, you know, what Mike Crackenbush did and all that lot, but... Yeah, I've I've always been of the opinion that intergender wrestling should sort of be a norm because at the end of the day, it's, you don't have just Wonder Woman fighting for men, for example. But when you've got someone like Tori Wilson, who is only about 120 pounds because, you know, a fake boobs weigh a bit as well, if I'm being blunt, to do that move on Conan is about 250 pounds and about, what? six inches, seven inches tall and it looks ridiculous. The move just does not work whatsoever. It, it, if, if that sort of move happened in a, in a film, it, it'd be laughed out of the, the cineplex, if, if you know what I mean. There's just no realism to it whatsoever. And the move looks like shit. And I think, I think the idea was for this, Conan was injured, therefore he'd do the job. But then, after being asked to take that move on Tori, I think he's turned and said, I'll only take that move if I get the win here. And yeah. in all fairness to him, I'd do that in, in his position as well. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so the match ends with a double face full of stuff and Conan and Tigress win. I don't know her as well, it has to be said. Just, just really weird. Just uh, This whole match is weird to begin with, but very strange. I did put it was a match. 0.75. Yeah, um, I went 0.5 on this. So, about right. I think, when, I think on the last show we did on uh, Fall Bro, we did mention like the uh, grapple ratings of some of these matches. Yeah. And uh, this is this is the part of the show where it really goes downhill. Um, oh, yeah, but about to say the, the, uh, the best bit of a pay-per-view ended about two matches ago. <laughs> Match number five, it's the DNA match, which is basically a first blood match with um, Buff Bagwell versus David Flair. So this, is, like I said, it's basically a first blood match to see if Buff is the father. Yeah. Um, so it, it ends with, so with like Buff whacking Dave with a chair and Dave um, David Flair bleeds. Mickey J 
ain't calling this um, match over yet. We do have a blockbuster, and suddenly Mickey Mickey J says, "Oh, bit of blood," and Buff wins. Uh, I think Buff Bagwell's gone to Mickey J. If you fucking dare call that bell for, get my shit in. I'll shit in your bag backstage. <laughs> you get you get the DNA from shit, won't you? You would, yeah. But there's easier ways to get the DNA of someone rather than a wrestling match. A court order, maybe. So um, Lex Luger, after the match, uh, attacks Buff. Yeah. Uh, and it ends with Lex getting a blood sample from Buff and giving it to David Flair. Who mm-hmm. rushes off to the back to see uh, fucking Dr. Nick and Dr. Ibert. Yeah, therefore, rendering this whole match pointless, they could have done a backstage segment to achieve the same thing. So, yeah, this Luger swerves out nowhere as well, because I think he obviously swerved to side with Russo, but I think that really is just turning his back on people, stopping people in the back. Yeah, so he's basically doing like the big show gimmick of uh, turning, turning face. Yeah, yeah. And what's equally hilarious here is um, Bagwell and Luger are tag team in six weeks of this. They are. They are, yeah. yes. They're, they're the ones who end Goldberg's career. Correct, yes. Amazing. Oh, dear. 0.5. Yeah, another 0.5 from me. Match six now. Kickboxing time. Mm. Mike, Sanders. <laughs> Mike Sanders faces... Pussy cat, pussy cat, the cat. Yeah. Um, I mean, why does it have to be a kickboxing match for starters? <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh, dear. Just, um, uh, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I think this. I think this match is the point where I might. Uh, I think I think like um, Kieran did on uh, Transatlantic Wrestling episode five, um, may have reached the uh, limit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I because I started watching this last night, and this was the point I had to turn it off. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, 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 I was done for the night. So to explain the match, then, so it's Mike Sanders versus former two-time karate champion, uh, the Cat. So consequently, the cat absolutely kicks his ass for two rounds. Yes. And then at the end, at, at the end of the second round, Shane Douglas, who bear in mind's just done the job to bloody Tigress, um, for intents and purposes, um, comes out because he says like to Kevin Nash, he'll keep an eye on him because Kevin Nash can't be asked to turn for a pay per view. Yeah. Um, he in the third round he starts getting more involved in the match. Um, it basically distracts him a cat and all lots of Sanders. Or basically gets the upper hand. Uh, Douglas KOs the cat with a chain. And the cat only survives because the round ends before then. And then after the third round... Oh no, sorry, there's a fourth round, I think. No, so, that, so after the third round, they basically say, right, this is now a fight to the finish. And yeah. he just jumps outside. Starts having a uh, kerfuffle with uh, Douglas, and the referee starts going one, two, three, four, five, ten. <laughs> Counts out the kickboxing match, so it just basically negates the point of a kickboxing match, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Shite. Yep, 0.25. 0.25. Sanders is the new commissioner. Three. 
Oh, God, yeah, it was for the commissionership as well, wasn't it? It was, yeah. God, I guess that means for Cats SOL, and you know what that means. No. (laughs) 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 Oh, God, match number seven now. We've still got uh, five matches to roll through on this uh, Tour de Force of Shite. Uh, So, So on paper, on paper, this next match should be really good. So on paper, this should be... Uh, they've already had one great hardcore match. Can they pull off a second one as Mike Awesome faces Vampiro? Well, this match changes when someone nicks um, a bloke's walking stick. It does, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so this is a pretty famous moment, I think, appearing from like a, a favourite for like on your botchamanias and all that lot. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd, this match just goes horribly wrong, doesn't it? Because they decide to go out to brawl in the crowd. And as you say, firstly, Awesome picks up a microphone on one side and that goes down well. So it's like, I know, I'll nick I'll a walking stick from this, from this bloke I've just seen there. And as a result, I don't think it's a bloke walking stick, but I think it's his son or something, then leaps across and tries to brawl with him. Tries As, to headbutt Mike, awesome. Tries to headbutt him, full-blown full Zidane's him. So then all, like, uh, Doug Dillon, John WSW security come running in to separate, you know, uh, the, the uh, member of the crowd from Mike Awesome and Vampiro, who are quite clearly shaken about what's happened. And it just derails the whole fucking match. Yeah. One of my notes is that they haven't recovered from the fan incident as everything they attempt goes awry. It does, yeah, yeah. And it does really go awry. Um, this is, not to jump ahead, but this is Vampiro's final match in WCW, I believe. It is, yes. Yes, uh, because of the finish, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, yeah, there's like a bit where Vampiro tries, I think it's a Frankenstein from top rope, and there he yes. breaks Awesome's neck. Um, and, and then there's a bit where it's like a bloody... Cannonball bit that it just does just goes wrong and they they're blowing spot after spot. It, it's quite unreal about what's happening here. Um, then Vampiro goes, Oh, it's time for the table spot. I shall go retrieve the table. But because he's so flustered, he literally spends about 45 seconds unable to find any table underneath the ring whatsoever. It's an absolute disaster. And someone's like, oh, try the one I've ever instead. Um, <laughs> but, but no, he has to give up on it. So as a result, Michael just goes, fuck it. And power bombs him on the floor. And um, and then suddenly, I don't even know how we got to this. this. This is really contrived. So then after this power bomb on the floor, which already looked like it killed Vampira to begin with, they decide, Mike Awesome then decides to go to the top rope, even though Vampira is not really in place for a splash. So Vampiro can then like climb up, get punched in the stomach, and take a top rope awesome bomb instead. Right on the back of his head. Yes, which gives him a concussion, which then I believe gives him post-concussion syndrome. And this is the last we see of Vampiro in WCW. He's done after this. And for all intents and purposes, he is done in mainstream American wrestling. Yeah. Till he um, he fights probably uh, Penta. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, yeah. When, when was it, um, Ian? Yeah, yeah. He, he, Ian won't be returning for another fifteen years after this. So, 
it, it's bad, Chris, when Mark Madden points out how sloppy the match is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, he, he points out a couple of times, and like even Stevie Ray's going, oh, hang on a minute, he, he's just done this. You know, why is not that not a disqualification? It's just like, well, yeah, he's it, right. Even the amount of brawling, like there was no count out, there was nothing like that. All this was was a, a number one contenders match because Vampire would challenged Austin to put his title shot next to Nitro on the line, but that's what it was meant to be, and instead it was this... I think they were going for Awesome versus Tanaka, and it was Awesome versus Nakas instead. Crap. Rubbish. 0.5 for me. Yeah, another 0.5 from me as well. It, a, a very, very rare example that we've watched where it's two good wrestlers and a match just falls apart. It's not like bad booking or anything like that. It's just they clearly got flustered and neither of them are good enough of a ring general to pull the match back from when something unexpected like the crowd brawling happens. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A, a better wrestler would have pulled that match back together quite easily, but they just failed to do so. Match number eight, General Rection versus Landstorm and Jim Duggan. Um, I'd put this feud seems to have been going on for years. Duggan's growing back his beard. Even he can't be arsed with this feud. Now, he looked good without a clean shave, and didn't he? Did, he looked all right, didn't he? But now even he's thinking already, oh, this is fucking... This is actually ruining my legacy. I, I better try and jump out of this as quick as possible. Um, so it ends with the... Um, no laughing matter to Duggan mm. and uh, Rection becomes um, US champ and uh, it ends up getting major guns back to the um, MIA. My yeah. last note on this match is a slog. Don't know what you thought, Chris. Um, a mixed bag here. Um, in, in ring, it wasn't fantastic. I want to say Storm and Rection at least have a decent match coming up at Mayhem. I say decent, it could still be a two-star match. What they face well, each other? Who is it? Storm and Storm and Rection have one more match. Oh, at, not again! A mayhem, yeah. It's like a three-month, four-month feud. This. Oh, sake! In all fairness, though, the crowd seemed into it. Yeah, Tony Schiavone seemed into it. Yeah, all... Schiavone was Morris into it. Morris has been like the backbone of this company for all these years, and yeah, yeah. It, it was a rare example of Schiavone actually signing up for it. Which is a rarity in like the last three years, WSW for him. Um, the crowd were very well behaved as well, and actually booing Duggan and everything as well. They didn't go against what they wanted to tell from the match. Uh, Storm did his job as well. It wasn't a fantastic match, in my opinion. I think it's like another two star thing going on. It's and uh, yeah, I mean, there's a rematch coming up because Storm gets protected, it's Duggan that does the job here. I mean, it was. Uh, I mean, it, it was it was okay. Um, I think I think just solid two stars here. It, it was perfectly fine. Yeah. Oh, we'll get into May M two thousands matches, but I've just noticed one like fuck me, that's happened on that show. My word. Oh, <laughs> coming back by the way. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One point five for this match for me. Yeah, yeah, I think I was a bit more generous because the crowd were legitimately into it, so fair play. So the, the crowd were a bit uh, old show, but given the creative in front of them, who can blame them, really? 
Match number nine now, please. Oh, here uh, we go. Jeff Jarrett. Wrong company. It's new, 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 new. No, it's not. That's his old synchronous destroy yourself. No, it's not that music on the network. Fucking bastards. Why do Metallica want all this money? Because for Metallica. No, it's 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 a crow, it's a crow music, which to be fair is one of my favourite wrestling. It is a good, in. it's a good theme. Yeah, it's one of my favourites of all time. But to be fair, so I'm I'm not going to complain here. Yeah, uh, so here's another match that looks really fucking good on paper. Oh no, here we go. It's basically twenty stings. Yes. This is sting. <laughs> yes, legitimately, six stings plus Jeff Jarrett plus two guitars versus Sting. In a, but basically, somebody's watched the finish to Sting versus Sid from Halloween Havoc '90, I think it is. Right. In the, in the, the one where um, Sid um, pins Sting really easily, but that's because in the midst of a crowd brawl, a fake Sting is like uh, basically taking over a real Sting as part of like a ruse. But like position gets reversed really quickly and all that yeah. lot. So someone's gone. Well, probably like with face for cocaine or something. What if we had six stings and we're all stings that represented his past? And what if Sting particularly did a bloody scorpion death drop and all of them on the stage for some reason? He has to drag him back out to the stage, you know, that takes like a minute each time he does it, but he goes back to the ring again. Why don't we do that? Like, yeah, excellent idea. Fantastic. See, see this, uh, it got me thinking this, like, if WWE did this now as a bit of a nostalgia thing, you would get, like, you know, the Mark Journals, like your Dan Gores of the world, like, thinking, oh, this is a cool moment, seeing all these people dress up as looking sting of the past. You like it, they'll probably do it with Bray Wyatt. I mean, if this, if this Wyatt Six thing apparently is basically that, isn't it? So yeah. it will happen. Uh, all of these... Um, "Quote unquote journalists, and I don't mean that in a all the media. I mean that in I don't actually think these people are journalists. They're basically, but like your Louis Gangors or what? You're basically gossip girties, aren't they? Mm. You know, like, like, like legitimately. In fact, if they'd like actually change their job titles to gossip or friend of the show or something like that, they'd, they'd get more respect from me anyway. If you're listening, Ryan Sutton." I doubt he's listening. Um, so, um, the, listing the stings now. So, we have Muscular Sting. Yeah. Pink and Black Sting, who come in the crowd. Wolfpack Sting, which um, is a man with exceedingly white teeth. Yes, that was quite obscenely white. Absolutely, it was. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. It, it just reminds me, you know, when that animal stole Grandpa Simpson's teeth. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he does. <laughs> oh, it fucking tortoise were. Yeah. Um, yeah, black, black and white sting comes through the mat to drag sting through. Proper sting cuts him open and chucks him out. Your lights out go uh, lights go out and another sting comes down. Yeah. And then you have Chris Harris sting. Uh, yes, I was going to say from somewhere. 
I was just going to see if I didn't see if any of the stings, but I don't think I can. So, so there was one sting who was bold as fuck, weren't there? Yeah, yeah. I've, I want to say that someone like James Storm was another sting. But but I, I, I couldn't really tell which one it was. So um, the actual finish after all the stings got out of the way, Sting gets hit with a guitar from so, Jarrett. No, take one step further back because this is yeah. even more hilarious. Yeah. So Sting takes a guitar from one of the fake Stings. Yeah, he does. He no-sells it, does a Scorpion death drop, and then Jeff Jarrett immediately just hits him with another guitar, and this time Sting's just dead. Yeah. Amazing logic. Like, what does Jeff Jarrett have some sort of guitar slinging special power that is somehow infinitely more powerful than, than Sting number four? Well, well, he plays more guitars than anyone, doesn't he? Does, yeah, yeah. Broken thousands of guitars a never drew a dime. There's a question. Have you ever seen Jeff Jarrett play a guitar in, uh, in wrestling? No. Well, I, I, no, I don't think he did, because even in his old gimmick with a roadie he was supposed to be the singer wasn't he and he mimed to that didn't he uh, and he mimed to that yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah it's always weird that he adopted that guitar as well he literally had nothing else to do with what he did as a character probably like because he was all like country music and what have you say oh that edgy guitar Jeff that is your prop yeah pretty make, much make, make what you can out of that hmm yeah, anyway, this, it wasn't really designed to be a match, was it? It was um, basically a glorified skit where Jeff Jarrett has to use all the tricks on the book just to get a win. Another fun fact, by the way, which I, very, I only realised while I was watching this tonight, Sting's final ever WCW pay-per-view match, this is. But yeah, no more Sting after this. Well, yeah. except for the, the final night, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. No, so he gets written out because he always has Christmas off, as I've pointed out before. Ah, he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, he gets written there. out by Scott Steiner before Mayhem, and he yeah, he's back for the final night. For right, is it? This is actually his second to last. I don't. This is close to his uh, second to last appearance in the whole company. This is so bizarre. So he's WCW's Mister Christmas. He's off again. <laughs> Mr. Christmas is fucking off to go deliver presents to sick children. Um, ho, ho, bloody ho. Bye, Sting. 0.25 again. Um, I went one. It, it, it was weirdly entertaining in some respects, but it just wasn't very good. Certainly not the creative I'd have. I mean, I, I've got to pay... Um, Bully member Scott Keith, remember him. I've got his report up um, just to read through, as just to remind myself as we're going along. And even he's, it's a bit of a cliche IWC thing to just say, you just put them out there and say, have a good match. But in this instance, just put them out there and let them have a good match. Yeah. People have bought a wrestling pay per view at the end of the day. You know, sometimes in wrestling, like a little bit of bollocks gets you excited, but. This is like the eighth bit of bollocks in an absolute bollocks pay-per-view. Just have a straight-up wrestling match. Jarrett can win. It's perfectly fine. Just This is just... It was just weird. Really weird. This is, I think this is the longest match on pay-per-view as well. This, this took 15 minutes to get through all this lot. 
match number 10 now. Mm-hmm. Booker T wanted to get his WCW title match done early, so Goldberg had had more time. What a prick. Think more of yourself, mate, not Goldberg. Yeah. Goldberg we, basically screwed you. We didn't. In that cage match. He did, yeah. I mean, we didn't even uh, mention we've got this show long angle to i mean and it, it makes sense actually uh how they achieve it oh wait it, what it achieves i should say in fact goldberg has a head injury because he legitimately by the way shoots uh speared the uh turnbuckle post on thunder he, he overshot it so they made it into an angle and it helps here, even though it's like one of these bullshit things, you never expect him. The medical professors go, Oh, sorry, Goldberg, you can't wrestle tonight. Goldberg's gonna go, Oh, okay, and then he just walks away, and that's it. <laughs> but you need an explanation because it clearly sets up the result here, which it's a DQ finish for this world title match. And to end up if you're on a DQ in the manner that it happens here. To end out a pay for you. I know WSW has done a load of shite in its time, but this was for the right call, swapping the matches around. So, yeah, Booker T versus uh, Scott Steiner for the WCW title now. Um, a lot of this was Scott Steiner dominating the match, I did think. Um, but what happens, um, the pipe gets involved ends up uh, smashing Booker with it, then decides to batter all the referees. So you have, uh, mm. well, Mickey J with the original one, he beats him up. Then yeah, Scott yeah. Armstrong comes down, he, he beats him up yeah. with a judo throw. Oh, and he puts Charles Robinson in a tree of woe for some reason. That was funny. Yeah. yeah. For no particular reason. I mean, it's... Slick Mad- Johnson. Johnson comes in to ring the bell for the DQ before he gets blasted as well. I mean... Thinking about the wacky internal logic of WCW, I mean, the lead pipe to the knee wasn't a DQ. But also, I do remember earlier in the year, they did basically establish the only way to get DQ'd in WCW, even though they've ignored this time and time again since then, is to basically batter the referees. And relax so, the rules. Relax the rules a bit like what ICW Yeah, yeah. at the time, weren't it? Yeah, yeah. And in all fairness... In terms of precedent, the only way to get DQ'd in WCW 2000 is normally to battle the referees. So at least they've remembered that and, and it sort of works. And it also works well in putting over Scott Steiner as this absolute unhinged maniac, which FYI is like one of my favourite ever wrestling characters. So I, I really like this one from Scott Steiner. Yeah. Um. It finally sells him as like this big scary man that he is, and so I think the booking here is quite—it's—it's it's bullshit. Don't get me wrong, but it's effective, and considering what it leads to at Mayhem, I think that this is done really well. I think the actual promo for Mayhem is all about Scott Stein. He's unhinged. He's uncaged, and the posters literally him in a straight jacket escaping yeah. from it because no one can keep those bloody. Um, largest arms in the world in a straight jacket, can we? 1.75, I give it, but I did put Booker T was made to look like a right loser. Uh, yeah, it was. I think it was quite clear that the Booker experiment they wanted it to end sooner or later, they wanted to move on to Scott Steiner, yeah. So, which they should have done, like we've said a few times, six months early. Yeah, they should Steiner should have been champion well before when he when it happens. I mean, Booker basically spent the same time off being booked like an idiot, and lo and behold, 
is but like an idiot again slightly. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't a it wasn't a fantastic match. Again, another one on paper. You you have this match about three or four years ago, like WWE Night Night Six. It's a, easily a three star, three and a half star match, but given the booking and and all that lot. Seemingly, a slight lack of motivation here from from the guys as well. One and a half, I reckon, for this. Yeah. Match number eleven now. Five minutes to go in the pay per view. Mm. It's, it's time for your main event. There's <laughs> <laughs> a chronic in a handicap match. Face the one and only Bill Goldberg. Will yeah. Goldberg turn up? Knock, knock, knock. Here comes Big Bill. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'd, I'd have found it amazing just like, oh, no, Goldberg didn't pass the medical. All right, bye. <laughs> I wouldn't have put it past WCW. Well, no. No, absolutely not. So, basically, the story of this match is Goldberg killing Chronic as he yeah. spears Brian Clark through a table. One, two, three in three minutes. Goldberg yeah. spear Jack Hammers Adams. One, two, three. Show ends. That is, that, is, that is the match, in all fairness. <laughs> I didn't even watch this match this time because I remember it well. It's like a three-minute match. Standard Goldberg match, which it, it, it should be in some respects, but main event of one of your biggest pay-per-views of the year? All right. Yeah. I mean, we've had to have something in there to send the fans home happy, but yeah, it's a bit cheap way of doing it. Is it... I, to be honest, I give it two stars because it did its job. I like. I mean, I, I going by memory, I give it two stars as well because I, I always liked the Goldberg squash. It, it was only until up until uh, WWE's booking quite recently, Goldberg made that whole format jump the shark. But I always love those quick squash matches by Goldberg. You know, it, it's very rare, it's very hard to hate a Goldberg match. Unless it goes over five minutes, and you know, so no complaints on me. Well, that's the end of Halloween Havoc. Um, I think overall thoughts, a slog. Yeah, yeah, Shit. yeah. I mean, I, I have slightly fond memories of this one because of all the research I had to do for that diary that I wrote back in the day. But we're just watching it. It's one of the worser pay-per-views of 2000. It's probably the bottom five, and considering the quality of of that list, you know, it, it, it is a bit of a, it's quite the shite to be bottom five. But yeah, um, basically after that first match, the show died a death for me. Um, it just showed where WCW was at as a roster as well. That roster's just become so thin, and the top guys are just. But it's it's a newer set of players compared to like even a year ago in WCW. But they've run out of matches. They've run out of matches because basically Goldberg, Sting, uh, Jeff Jarrett, Booker T are fucking about with each other every single week on Nitro. So already, despite facts, you're only what about three months into Booker's run at the top. Jarrett's about a year in. Steiner's literally just beginning. You're already bored of these people because. <laughs> Because they're everywhere on the nitros, they don't do anything. They're not as no one's especially enamoured with like the activities that they get up to on these nitros and funders. And so when you get to paper, you're just like, yeah, we're just going to do this again, are we? 
Yeah. Um, for me, I think it nearly topped New Blood Rising as the worst. Right, but yeah. No, I, to be fair, it's not an opinion I have, but I can absolutely see why. Yeah. Especially that middle bit with the, with the DNA match, bloody Tori Wilson do that franchise. And Ernest Miller and um, Sanders. Match. Awesome Vampiro's match, absolutely just falling apart. You know. Jeff Jarrett Sting. Jeff Jarrett. Again, I find it's perversely entertaining in some respects, that one. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Just that whole middle bit just was so, so, so shite. What, what did we average it? Half a star? If that over five a six matches, a lot of it, yeah, yeah, awful. WCW Mayhem 2000. This is what you've got to uh, look forward to, Chris and myself. So, um, going off the grapple ratings, like we did last. Oh time. yeah, yeah, it should be. So, interesting. first match: Mike Sanders versus Queewe is oh. two point two one. Oh god, he's cruiserweight champion at that point as well. Good grief. Free count versus the Young Dragons. Remember, remember that? They're like, we need a good match on this pay per view. Bring up the lads. 3.58. Oh, that should be interesting. See if that holds up. Triple threat match now for the hardcore title. Reno, Big Vito, and Crowbar, the champion. Ooh, right. 1.61. Yeah. I think you've missed out on match, haven't you? Next up, Jimmy Hart. Oh, no, there it is, yeah. Versus Mankow. Can't wait. A rematch from uh, Spring, Spring Stampede. Stampede 2000, the classic. 0.28. Fucking hell. I think everyone has literally <laughs> given this. 0.5, not 0.25, 0.25, 0.25, 0.25, 0.25, 0.25, 0.25, 0.25, 0.25, 0.25, 0.25. Yeah, for my sins, I don't really use the grapple up. I mean, I've, I signed up and everything to it. I might just go on there and give it five, five stars just to fuck with the system. Sorry, Gareth. Um, here we go. Alex Wright and Chronic. Yeah. Versus Rey Mysterio and Billy Kidman. Mm. You mean Chronic, who just headlined Halloween Havoc 2000 and now in a weird three on two match? And I've just seen the result of that as well losing as a three against the two in a handicap match. Yep, sure. Yeah, why not? 2.14 for that. Um, Cap versus Shane Douglas, 1.75. Oh, that sounds like fun. Sergeant AWOL versus Bum Bum Bigelow. Oh, I've completely forgot about Bigelow. Yeah. 0.93. Nice. Landstorm champion versus... Je- Fucking hell, Landstorm gets the belt back. Versus General Rection. 1.43. Oh, I must have misremembered that match then. I thought it was a solid two-star at least. Oof. Fucking hell, there's 12 matches on this card. Jesus Christ. Okay. Baggers, Baggers versus Jazzers. Two point eight. Why is that? A creative has nothing for you on a pole match. Yeah, um, Chuck Palumbo and Sean Stasiak, the champions, versus 
the insiders, Diamond Dallas Page and Kevin Nash. Oh, yeah, DDP returns this month. Yeah, it's just to add a bit of spice to the main event scene. Okay. That's all I've got, 2.25. Next up, Goldberg Luger, 1.28. Yeah, again, the start of a three-month feud here. Goldberg and uh, Luger interacting with each other. Goldberg's uh, final ever feud, actually. Your main event is Booker T champion versus Scott Steiner, nearly three stars. In a straight jacket, caged heat match. So what you got to do, straight jacket your man to the cage? I assume so. It's not even like we can say Vince Russo is jacking off to this because he's gone now. Who else gets horny about this sort of thing? Mark Madden. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm seeing if there's... Oh, yeah, Goldberg Luger at Starcade. I see. Sid's back at Starcade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, Sid returns. Only for a brief while. Then he breaks his leg at the end. He breaks his leg, yeah. Um... Bloody hell, Terry Funk's back at Starcade. Oh, God, I forgot all about him. Good grief. Good grief. So, um, yeah, there you go. That's what's uh, coming up for us, too. Will we survive? I'm sure we will. We've got to end it now, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, no, we've got to at least get to the end of this one. Where are we going next? Who knows? Who knows? You decide. <laughs> We're not letting Twitter decide again, are we? We we probably are, yeah. Oh, for fuck's sake. Uh, TNA. Follow us at GCP Podcast One, you lovely, lovely people. Chris, what have you got to plug, mate? Well, uh, I've got to plug uh, my podcast as normal, Cinema Tree. Uh, uh, going along steady as always. Um, episode 122 just came out, covering 1987's House 2, the second story. And I believe our next episode after that is going to be Bram Stoker's Dracula uh, coming out in a couple of weeks' time. So we've got that as well. And then obviously you can follow me at Frilson. And I also have a blog, chriswatson.blog, that I like to fuck about with. There you go. All the plugs. Uh, follow me at GCP Podcast One. Follow me as well, Oggy Part Three. Um, what else do I do? Um, so currently, um, I think last week we had the final instalments of Transatlantic Wrestling Challenge with the one and only Kieran Lafar to um, enjoyed the product that much. Uh, he's coming back again for another series, which is UWA Wrestling Rampage. This is Rampage, baby, with Big Papa T. Yes, excellent. Uh, the supposed star of this show. We're doing all tw- doing all twenty episodes, but we can't find episode eighteen because it's nowhere to be seen on the on YouTube. Oh, I can't believe we actually did twenty episodes. I remember watching them back in the day as well. I, I legitimately thought I watched it for like six weeks, and that was it. Yeah, 20 episodes. They're only like 45 minutes long, so we're, yeah. we're going to be doing two uh, to a show. And uh, I just walked away happy when, because uh, like Big Big Papa T was like the big character, and but I always called him Big Cup of Tea. And then like for one of the uh, other, like he always like went, hey, look, Big Cup of Tea. And I was just like, yep, I'm done. He said <laughs> the thing. I'm going to walk away now. 
an happy man. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we've got um, that to come in the next month and also uh, our last couple of episodes of this WCW run. Also, see me on uh, Grapple FPL every week uh, with Benno, Chris Linnae and Jamesy as yeah. I witter away all my points. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm enjoying your run, Mr Chips. I know it's all right. It's all right. I've been I've been very conservative like a couple last couple of weeks, but uh, only minus eight. But to be honest, there's only I mean three <laughs> weeks now till the World Cup, so I can just like lay yeah. off a bit. Uh, I had to laugh. I watched the uh, video stream uh, last week, and he brought up your list of transfers. And it looked like, you know, when Chris Jericho like, uh, read out his list of 1,001 holds? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Your, your transfer list like that. Lene said to me at the weekend, by the end of it, you will have used nearly every fucker in the game. Yeah, but I'll say I think you should go for a record. And never mind these people are basically create a team and do, like, stunt triple captains, just try and get for, like, the highest score for the week. I think you should just... Try and complete the set. Go through all like four thousand players or however many there are. Yeah. Complete the set. Who knows what I'll do? Um, but yeah, followers on that, watchers on that. Chris, been a pleasure as ever. As always, thanks for having me on. No problem. This has been a uh, GCP. See you later. Beyond the new.